0: The following speaker share from Kaja was recorded on October thirteenth, twenty twenty two. Thanks so much, Gretchen, and thanks everyone for your service tonight. And thank you for having me. Um, I will do my best to share my uh, journey and my experience and strength uh, and hope with everyone here tonight. Um, so I'll start with uh, my name is Kasha. I'm an adult child of a dysfunctional family um and i've been in aca for a little over a year and a half Uh, i found my way uh, to aca because i was finding um, that i was having a lot of anger uh, towards people especially my parents um, in moments where they were not actively doing anything wrong to me Um, and i was carrying a lot of resentment Um, and i was overhearing meetings um, from someone that I know that's in the program, and uh, it was during COVID. And um, it really spoke to me. So it was suggested that I look at the laundry list um, and read some of the literature that's available online. Uh, And after doing so, I decided that uh, this program was for me. And I got into these rooms and have been here ever since last, uh, almost two January's ago. So I guess I'll start at the beginning. Uh, I am the oldest out of three. I have two younger brothers. Um, My parents uh, immigrated here from Poland, so I am also a first-generation American. Um, And for me, that all plays into my story um, because some of our dysfunction and fear um, came out of being people who were new to this country. Um, and some of it was just passed down generation after generation. Um, so if I could describe myself um, as as a, a child, um, when I was very little, I remember being, being really outgoing. Um, I was fearless as many children are, um, and um, really curious. Um, and Around the age of four, once my, my two brothers were already born, um, kind of that's when my first glimpse of, I think, dysfunction appeared in life. Um, my dad um, and my mom were both uh, technically supposed to be deported. Um, they had come here as legal immigrants and then um, stayed here illegally. So my dad got taken um, to jail. Um, And my mom was left with three little kids. Um, And she, I know today she did the best she could, but there was um, just a lot of dysfunction um, and a lot of pressure um, for everyone to contend with. Um, So starting at the age of around four, um, I really started to care, four and a half maybe, um, I started to help take care of my brothers, um, one of which was one year old and the other one was um just about a month um, so um that's really my first sense of responsibility that i started to have um in terms of taking care of my brothers i i often think of um when i tell the story of the fact that my mom went outside to to mow the lawn and she left me with two crying children in the house um and one was, you know, laying on the bed, and one was at the opposite end of the house. And I myself being, um, you know, a child didn't know which one to take care of. And I kept running from one side to the other. Um, until I, I really, you know, I heard my brother scream, one of my brothers, and he had fallen off of the bed. And then I carried that shame and that guilt and everything. And I took took that on um, at a really young age. Um, and so that sense of responsibility uh, is something that I, I carried throughout my life. Um, and it's something that my parents really stuck on me, especially especially my mom. Um, I was made to be responsible for, for everyone else in my life um, for my brothers. Uh, even even into my 20s, uh, I you know I would come home and uh, my mom would ask if my brothers had eaten and, and they're just you know a few years younger than I have. I am, um, she'd question me about where they were, where they went, why I didn't, you know, I, I was just constantly um, responsible for knowing things that I had no control over. Um, and that um, over time made me uh, seek out control. I was a very controlling person and and in many ways still am now. Um, that's a That's a defect that I carry um i was also really responsible um once my dad did eventually get get you know out of jail and um we were reunited and and all of that um you know i saw the dysfunction occurring between my parents too um my dad um interacted with my mom and my brothers and i um in a volatile way. Um, In his younger years, he was very volatile. So it was very unclear um, what would set him off and and anything could trigger him at any time. Um, And so I would see him scream and yell at my mom and I would see him scream and yell at my brothers and I I would bear the brunt of that too. Um, And so I started to anticipate the things that he needed as well. Um, and so, uh, you know, at, at the ripe age of five, I became his secretary for his business. I, if I didn't write something down, I got screamed at, I needed to know who had called, what time they had called. Um, and that's a pretty tall order for a little kid. Um, and as I grew up, you know, this, this sense of perfectionism from both of my parents really infiltrated my life. So I, I couldn't make mistakes. Um, it was unclear, like what the, um, what, what it it was that I was even supposed to be achieving because the mark always kind of changed. Um, you know, if I had achieved something, then, then I could have done better in some way. Um, if, if I had gotten good grades, then I could have, you know, outdone myself, um, in, in some way. Um, there was always a better way that I could have done it, and my parents, um, both of them actually, man, did, <laughs> did they find each other? Um, they had this thing where they would hover over me, and um, if I was not doing something the way that I was supposed to, um, they would tear things out of my hands um, and do it themselves. Um, so uh, they were impatient with my brothers and I, and so that that kind of, you know, my coping mechanisms when I was a kid and and into my young adult years, um, kind of became perfectionistic and controlling. Um, You know, I took on the example of my parents. I became a workaholic. Um, I threw myself into my work so that I didn't have to um, think about all the other things that were bugging me. Um, As I grew up and I, I moved into my adult years, uh, I also became an alcoholic, um, so I started to use substance uh, to numb out um, and not have to face, you know, all of the things that were bothering me and also not to have to face my parents uh, and and um, actually have, you know, confront them about what it was that was bothering me and, and, and all of the things that were happening. Um, I developed a lot of codependence as a result. Um, And so I I found that, um, you know, in my adult, in my adulthood, I, I never truly felt um, like an adult. I felt like I was constantly waiting for others to um, make their plans and I would plan around them. Uh, and that's something I contend with today still. Um, and i I had this addiction to, I'll say excitement, but really it was fear. Um, you know, like if something was going too well for me, I would immediately think of of all of the things that might go wrong, to not get too excited or just too committed to this idea of just letting things be um, and and letting things kind of work out on, you know, my, on God's terms. Um, so my tools that I grew up with, um, were kind of sparse. Those, you know, they were coping mechanisms that would work for a while, and then it would either become dysfunctional, or I would, I would tend towards extremes, and it would never work out for me. Um, and I finally, you know, I've hit a few bottoms in life. Um, but I think a few years back when I was really contending with this anger that just would not quit, um, I, I decided to enter ACA and I started coming to these meetings and, and realized how much relief I got from being here. Um, and it's enough for me to show up to a meeting um, and simply be with people. And I I just, I feel like I could finally breathe and take a breath and, and lay down the things that I've been carrying all day. Um, my time and program uh, has brought me a, a lot of tools that are helping me um, in my journey in ACA. And, and that's really what I want to talk about um, most today. Um, so, I, um, am, a, aside from meetings, um, I found that, you know, I was, I, I, as I was getting into ACA, the first few months, I was really seeking out, um, a sponsor. Um, and I know a lot of people take, you know, look for fellowship or a fellow traveler. Um, some people call it a fellow traveler, some people call it a sponsor and. Um, and I experimented with different things, you know, I, I joined a group kind of setting to, for follow, uh, for fellow traveling. Um, I did one-on-one, um, with someone else to be a, a co-co-traveler. Um, and I found that these things, um, weren't working for me as well, because I needed someone in my life. I needed someone who had, um, the experience already of working the steps. And I, I really wanted, wanted to work the steps and, um, you know, was struggling with my higher power, um, because my concept of God really was very much attached to my mom's idea of God and religion. Um, and, you know, I, in S, in some ways, I just, I kept praying and kept asking for help from my higher power, even though in some ways, I've, I felt a disconnect. Um, and it was when my higher power answered that i i kind of turned a leaf and and i found this wonderful sponsor um on an online meeting and um was able to connect with her and she um you know carried me through the steps at, and at a pivotal time in my life um i found that the steps are something that i use as a tool now that i've i've completed them once through i i I kind of go through them naturally on a daily basis. Um, and and I like taking inventory. Um, and I like um, these days um, putting my resentments in check because I found that my resentments have um, caused me the most pain uh, in my recovery and in my life. Um, so one of the tools that I use is not only, you know, kind of working through, um, the steps in in a uh you know on a kind of daily um basis but also reaching out to my higher power to turn them over uh to my higher power um and asking for for my god to um to take that weight from me um and on that note i do want to talk about um you know how i have developed my higher power and how that has changed for me um, because it's something that i really rely on in program um my higher power uh you know i i met my higher power uh i think for the first time truly when i was probably 3 years old um i was wearing my mom's heels and i was walking outside of the then apartment that we lived in and Um, I tripped on one of the stairs and she had told me not, not to play out there. And, um, and I tripped and, and I started rolling down a bunch of cement steps. And, and I remember for the, I remember just intuitively asking, um, God to not to help me not cry because I didn't want to get in trouble. Um. And that's, you know, that was like my first encounter of my higher power and, um, and asking for help. Uh, and as time went on, you know, growing up, I growing up Catholic, um, and regularly attending church, you know, the concept of the, the God that I grew up with, um, was, was clear to me for myself, but didn't seem to exactly match, um, the God that I was reading about, or, you know, my religious teachers were teaching me about. Um, I didn't believe in a God that I feared. I believed in a really, um, gentle God. And I thought that that was wrong. Um, and I, you know, would come in and out of being like, oh no, I'm going to follow that feeling that I have. Um, Versus, you know, going back to to the concept that I was kind of um, being exposed to, um, and in ACA, uh, I developed, you know, my higher power, and especially when I was working my my third step, um, my sponsor at the time said, you know, if you if you don't have a concept of a higher power and haven't been working towards it, now would be a really great time to start. Um so I was at my wits end and uh, what I decided to do um and and I had done this you know journaling was a, another tool that I was developing for myself and I had um I had drawn a picture of my inner loving parent and myself um and it was it was not exactly the picture that I wanted uh, to turn out but it was the picture that I got Um, and I decided, you know, if that worked for kind of connecting to my inner loving parent, then maybe I could draw my higher power as well. Um, and I drew my higher power. Um, and it was kind of a stereotypical, like, um, you know, man in, in white cloths with a halo and a white beard. And I was content with it for the time being, but then, you know, as time went on, I realized that I have, um, a lot of different visuals for, for God, um, or my higher power. And I realized that sometimes my higher power is, is a female and sometimes it's a male and other times it's both at once and other times it's, it's neither. Um, and and that makes me really happy that i can have this um and truly like not feel guilty about having a different concept of my higher power um and also being happy that someone else has has a different concept of of theirs um so i i have this um this tool of using my higher power and connecting with my higher power on a on a daily basis. Um, and especially in times of um you know times where I'm really struggling and just feeling really reactionary. Um, I, I say this simple prayer of God help. Um, help is, you know, to me it's it's a simple prayer um and turning it over has been really hard for me um i have been um and you know in line with the way that i was raised i i always felt like i was god's little helper and and he didn't you know he was busy helping everyone else and i could do it on my own um and i've realized how much um i actually can't do on my own and how much i how little control i actually um have um I'm also finding that, uh, and this is something that I work on today, um, and and hope to work on in the future. Um, I really, I've connected with um, my inner children, um, and it's really fun. and um, And I I do talk to them, and um, and I engage with them. I I love um, engaging in play with my inner children. Um, especially you know my 5 year old um she is um she's, she, it took a while for her to like kind of come out cuz she was very scared it was like you know um she's got a lot of abandonment issues and things like that from you know my dad going to jail and then just um the emotional abandonment uh, abandonment that you know occurred um early on um, but she's she's a sassafras, and so she, you know, likes to color and um, loves bright colors and um, glittery things. And so um, one of the tools that I've found is actually to engage in those things. And um, you know, um, I've bought books for my inner child or inner children, um, and I read stories, and I You know, I have bought coloring utensils, new ones, just just for my inner kid. And. um, And I, um, you know, do these sorts of activities that bring me back to kind of help me connect with that kid. Um, And I, you know, to do that, I thought about, you know, I thought about what I liked when I was a kid, Um, because not every single moment of my life was just this terrible moment. There were carefree moments and there were moments where I just got lost in in being a kid and um, connecting uh, to my inner kid that way is is helping me become myself, like just finding my own identity instead of, you know, holding on to um, the role that I was given, you know, in my family and the expectations that I was handed. Um, and then you know, carried into adulthood and, and took upon myself. Um I also find that um listening to music can connect me um not only to you know the inner, the young inner five-year-old, but also to the teenager um who's really, really pissed um, and is still working through a lot of stuff um, you know, from teenage years. Um uh, one of the hardest things I think that I've had to do. Um, and it's a tool that I am, am still warming up to, but really liking these days is picking up the phone. Um, I hate talking on the phone, <laughs> um, but I realized, um, it's way more personable or personal, um, than than texting someone. And um, it, you know, it allows for dialogue um, in the here and now, and it actually brings me to the present. Um, Because sometimes texting can like be like, oh, I'll take care of it later. Oh, I don't actually have to engage with this person. Now it's an option versus really um, having more of a connection. Um, And I pick up the phone when, um, you know, in, in moments where I'm having a hard time and um i reach out to fellow travelers um i reach out to friends who you know i trust um and i actually talk and i trust and i feel and um that's uh you know that's a result of of coming to meetings and and being in this program and working the steps and um hearing other people's stories uh because it's really hard for me to open up and and trust people and be vulnerable without feeling like i'm going to be judged um but i i've found um you know a select few people that um i really do feel like i can uh reach out to and i feel like they can reach out to me um and i'll be there for them uh I think, you know, today uh, and into the future, when I think about what I want to work on and um, what is still causing me some pain or difficult for me, um, I really um, am looking forward to working on reparenting. Um, Because I've made, uh, you know, connections with with my inner children i've met my uh you know critical parent i can identify more off more and more often when that comes up um but i have a hard time reparenting myself um and i've i've found um, a really wonderful fellow traveler who also wants you know to work on reparenting and um, finding her inner loving parent, and so we've connected. We met at a meeting, um, and we uh, connected and are working through, um, you know, the the loving parent guidebook. Um, so the literature in ACA, um, I swallowed the Kool Aid on that. That is, <laughs> um, that those are tools that I use a lot. Um, uh, you know, other than the steps, I I love you know using the Big Red Book. Um, sometimes when I'm struggling with something like with resentment, with jealousy, with control, with compulsiveness, I literally will turn to the back of the book and like in the glossary, look up the word and just find what pages readings are on about that issue. And then I just read until I feel better. And and I usually feel better, um, because really what the big red book offers me is, um, the fact like kind of this concept that i'm not alone other people literally wrote this book and put their stories in it um and are sharing that they they're in the same place and um and it gives me some healing um so along with that i am now working on the loving parent guidebook um and i'm really looking forward uh to developing um that that inner loving parent. Um, I hope to make meditation um, a, more a part of my recovery. Um, that's a tool that I've used. And when I get busy, it kind of falls to the wayside. It feels like a luxury instead of um, a part of, of you know, something that I do for my own health and for my well-being and out of love for myself. Um, But I I love the the daily affirmations. I have the little book. Um, I get it sent to my phone too, because sometimes I'm busy and I, I can't you know carry my little book around, but I do. I have it in my purse a lot of the time. Um so I could pop it open and and read it. And um and I like to read the the daily meditations and just journal. I and I usually write three sentences I feel blank because and and it helps me. Identify, you know, where where I'm at right now, and actually connect and kind of be present in my own life because I'm usually I usually have like a tape playing in my head of all the things that I have to do, of all the things I didn't do yesterday, of all the ways that I failed the day before, and I'm bringing that into my new day, and um, and it really helps me lay it down um, and just like put it on paper and You know and uh work through some of that and even just even identify my feelings um because when i first came into program you know the the only feeling that i had was anger and sadness uh you know that was in large part what i felt most of the time um and these days i you know i could say that i i have and I, I downloaded, um, and I don't know if it's an ACA thing, but I, I have heard it in a lot of meetings and seen it in a lot of meetings, um, the feelings wheel. Um, and that really helped. Like when I was in the first few you know, months or half year that I was in ACA, I had my feelings wheel out all the time because I had no idea um, really how to identify um what feelings I was having. And it, it definitely helped um, a whole lot. Um, uh, I guess I'll I'll kind of wrap it up with this. Um in the past year, I, I've gone through a lot. I've gone through a career change. I left a profession that I was in for 12 years um, and I'm starting new. I um, lost uh, a baby. I had an ectopic pregnancy and went through that. I um, parted ways with my sponsor, which is really hard. Um, And I parted ways in, in a really, what I feel is an amicable way. Um, She had stuff that she was working on in her own life, and she's an ACA. Um, And she needed to step away, and she needed the space. And I realized, like, I needed to say my one last part. Um, And I had to do it via text, because she just wasn't available to talk. but. I'm really grateful through all of that, that um, I I could identify what feelings I was having. And in the last case, in terms of, you know, my sponsor, I could identify that I was starting to feel resentful. And that if I didn't at least say, Hey, I, I just wish you would have told me sooner. I totally understand. I am sending you all of you know the support that i can um you know in spirit um and i'm so grateful for for you being in my life um for the past you know year um i know if i didn't say that those things then i would you know be carrying that for a really long time um so i've learned to to actually just speak up um and and to not hang on to these these things that are like sitting inside of me and um and i'm really grateful for that um and i you know i have this program to thank for that um it's my life has changed in so many ways and i'm i'm a sponsor now myself um and you know now have a a co-sponsor fellow traveler that i work with um, that my higher power brought to me, you know, like as one door was kind of closing, another one was opening. Um, and and I love this program. I love doing service in this program. Um, and I I always wonder, you know if if I give ma- if if I give back as much as I get from it. Um, but I don't judge that. I just am really grateful. Uh, that I, I found my way here uh, and that um, I have fellow travelers that that go on this journey with me. Um, so with that, I'll close and I am so grateful for everyone who is here and um, was here to, to witness my recovery. Thanks.